Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, go, baby, go, baby. What a magical time to be alive. Uh, welcome to episode... Uh, 20. Oh my god. 20 of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. My sperm's dumb. I'm Dory. My eggs are old and getting older. Yep. Uh, well, not a lot happened this week, so we'll talk to you next week. Oh my god. I know. What a psych out. Um, we are talking to you mere hours after Dory's egg retrieval. Yeah. Um, you know, someone emailed us and asked that we give them like a context update of where we are. And I think they just sort of like lost track of where we are in the process. Yeah. Like they, ah. like that. This is our third retrieval. This is our third uh, round of yeah. fun. 
uh, fun. We've done this is our third retrieval. We've it's done our third round. I mean, I, honestly, I'll say even January we went in for another round. It was, this is our fourth round of fun, but we didn't have we didn't decide to go full injecty. Let's try and get some stuff out for January. No, because it was a barren wasteland. Yes. Hi. Hi. That's <laughs> such a nice way of describing my ovaries. Oh, uh, I was more talking about my sperm count. Oh. Ay, ay, ay. Guys. Yeah, so this was our third retrieval, and we did one transfer, and it didn't work, and mm-hmm. so here we are. But Third retrieval. One transfer retrieval. didn't work, and we've, we have in, in, in the uh, ice box, we have one uh, male embryo. We sure do. Uh, our ultimate goal, in case you're wondering why we're still doing this, is we'd like two children, uh, and we'd like a girl. But I think we're at the point where if we just got a, another boy or something, we'd be like, eh, we tried. Honestly, you know, I was thinking about this. Oh. I would love to have a girl. Uh-huh. Like a mini-me that I could, you know, indoctrinate. Right. Um, But I feel like the world needs, like, good boys these days. Uh, I think it just needs good people, period. Yeah. And not to say that we would necessarily raise good people. I mean, we could raise monsters. Um, but Yeah. I, I mean, if Bo is any indication, we, we, will, raise we will raise a monster. Oh, no. Oh, he was looking at us. He knows we're talking about him. Um, <clears throat> not complimentarily, either. Yeah. So, this all week, it was looking like the retrieval was going to happen. Um. Sunday. It happened on Sunday. Yeah, she she was pretty confident that it was going to be Sunday through the whole week. Um, on Wednesday, she said she thought there was going to be a 90% chance that it was Sunday and then a 10% chance that it was going to be Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I went out on Friday, she was like, Sunday, it's Sunday. Yeah. Um, oh, Hello, Bo. There he goes. Oh, there he, there he is snouting you. Oh, is this going to be one of those podcasts? I don't. I hope not. Okay, let's not If we don't at look at them, maybe it won't be one of those podcasts. I think so. Um, but the whole week, she, she, Dr. Beck was like pretty, she seemed pretty bullish about my chances. She's a, she's a very good doctor for you. What does that mean? Uh, she's personable. Yes. She speaks like a human being. Yes. And uh, she um, is, I think, uh, takes some or appears to take care in in what's happening. And she laughs at your jokes. She does sometimes. Yeah. Um, sometimes she seems surprised that you're making jokes. Like she gets this look on her face. It's like. Did he just make a joke? Uh-huh. Am I supposed to laugh? Oh, I'm laughing. Um, yeah, like this morning after the procedure, we were she was she had not come by to talk to Dory. She came out into the lobby to talk to me, and then she went to go see another patient. And then she, Dory, the nurse said she's probably going to swing by as soon as you go into the bathroom. Of course, Dory went to the bathroom and she swung by, but she waited the whole time, which. I cannot think of another doctor who would have waited the whole time. It was three minutes. Yeah. She just hung around and waited. And at first she was like, 
All right, well, buzz me when she's out, and then like she heard your toilet flush, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna stick around." Oh, <laughs> did you think I was pooping? No, we thought you were getting peeing and getting dressed. Yeah, that's what I was doing. If you hear anything in the background, it's our dog prancing on linoleum. Oh yeah, or rather not linoleum, but uh, laminate. Laminate. He has his hippo in his mouth. Good. It's gonna squeak. Um. So. Yeah, so I went in this morning. I had to be there at 6.30. Uh huh. Right on cue. There goes the squeaking hippo. Yeah, we had a very early early morning, and you went, I followed, and you had a seemingly okay time getting an IV. Yeah, the guy, the guy got my IV in on the first try. I mean, he really, like... He did a thorough Felt search. Around. Yeah. <laughs> he did a really thorough search. I, you know what? I appreciate that. I would rather you do a. I'd rather rather you measure twice, cut once. You know what I mean? That's what Norm Abrams says. Yeah, like I would rather you. The new Yankee workshop. You feel around, mm-hmm. and then poke instead of. That's good advice. Stabbing. If you're me dating too. Repeatedly. Oh. <laughs> what? Right. So, so I appreciated that, and that's. It it went seemingly well. You, I think it went how well. many how many eggs did they get? They got thirteen eggs. That's right, lucky thirteen. We don't know how many of them are mature or how many of them fertilized. Though. I will say my ejaculate. I was like, mm, boy, not a ton in the tank, buddy. What's going on? Really? Yeah. Uh oh. Hmm? Hope it's quality. Not- Although I always say that, so they only need thirteen. I know. Is that crazy? Hope they're in there. Uh, that is crazy. I, I often say I only well, need one. I'm like, I had a little dribble and I hit the floor. And I was like, no, <laughs> that could have been our baby. It was a terrible time. Did you try to pick it up? No. It was on the floor. <laughs> Five second rule. Does it apply to sperm? It does not. Oh, Bo just climbed up on the couch and now he's licking Matt's head. What is this? Bo and I oh, were at the, we were at the park for guess a long what's, time. Guess what's on the table? Oh boy, is it the pet corrector? Bo, get down. Get down, Bo. At least give him a command so he knows what he's doing. Good. Good boy. Good boy. Okay. So then Dory went on bed rest. Yep, I took a Tylenol with codeine. You know, I the first two times I didn't, I wasn't really in pain. I didn't mm-hmm. really have to take anything. And then this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that Tylenol with codeine that they have for me i didn't even but and then dory said go home go get my tylenol with codeine so then i turned around drove back home and then i looked for a bottle that said tylenol on it a bottle not a prescription bottle i thought i just assumed (sighs) that matt knew that tylenol with codeine was prescription in the united states how many do i ever a take a drug when i have a headache b go to the drugstore I don't buy medicine. I'm not up on all the FDA I'm not, laws. I'm not up on codeine. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, well, I don't make purple drank. You can get it over the counter um, in other countries, but not in the United States. You have to get a prescription for it. Because we make meth out of it? I don't know. No. You can probably get I'm it. I'm sure someone it. will tell us. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of drugs, though, someone did email us this week to... Uh, Make sure that we were aware that ordering drugs from another country is a felony. It is? Yeah. I was not aware. So 
everyone who is ordering from like ivfmedsonline.com, it's a felony. I had no idea. I mean, I don't know if they're going to necessarily prosecute you, but I well, feel like... Well, I feel like they're prosecuting a lot of weird stuff right now. That is true. So maybe so, now is not the time. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I did not... I didn't... Never process that. Yeah. Nor, nor thought about it. I, I like, knew that, but didn't process it. Yeah. For some reason. It was just like, oh, IVF drugs. They're so expensive. Like, of course, it'd be cheaper to order, order them, them from... from a, order them from Israel. From Israel. Okay, great. Hmm. It's a different packaging, but whatever like oh okay um but yeah so then they um yeah they got 13 eggs yes they did and now we wait they will know how many fertilize tomorrow yep and then five days after five to seven days after that we'll know how many were made it to blastocyst which is fun because five to seven days from now We'll be doing this podcast again. Yeah. So I feel like next week's episode is going to be, be a real page turner. Um, we're not going to know which ones are normal, though. No, I know that. Yeah. That's it's that's why we that's why this podcast is great. You keep coming back for information <laughs> that we are also waiting for. Yep. In real time. Um, you know what was cool though about this cycle? I mean, we've already discussed this, but mm-hmm. my drugs were covered by insurance this time. Yes. It was amazing. It was cool. Oh, my God. They haven't charged us yet. No, I know. We need to I gave them a credit card this morning for your anesthesia. Oh, okay. We should get that bill. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to yeah. be a good bill. Cool. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. How are, how are you feeling? Uh... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I hope it all works out. <laughs> what? Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. What does working out, like what in your head would be a, a good outcome from this round? A normal embryo. Yeah. Uno. Yeah. That would be, a, that would be a great outcome. Yeah. And that, you know, we'll be fortunate to get that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Who knows? She she was like, I want all of them to fertilize. Like she was very. I mean, of course she wants all of them fertilize. Who doesn't want all? No, of them I fertilize? know, but her whole strategy was that she was triggering me a little bit early mm-hmm. because she thinks some of my eggs the first couple times were overcooked. Mm. Over, yeah, you did have like some like seventeen over mature millimeter ones. Yeah, so what? Millimeter? Yeah, millimeter. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so here we are. I feel I feel bloated. I took another Tylenol with codeine. Yeah. Um You had some pho? I had some pho. And I made some short ribs. Matt made short ribs in the instant pot. Mm-hmm. It was his it was his inaugural instant pot excursion and I think it went well. Did you have them? Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was delicious. It fell off the bone. Yeah, it was very tender. It's insane how fast you can cook in there. I know that was thirty-five minutes. Crazy. I mean, it was ten minutes of searing. Right, and also it it takes like ten minutes for the thing to reach pressure. It does. Yeah. I don't know. I walked away. 
Right. It was like a set it and forget it situation. Yeah, except you forget it for only 35 minutes. Right. And then I... Well, and then you have to... And then the quick release, which takes another five minutes. So really, it's like... I vented it. An hour. But still. Is it? I mean, no. I can't... I don't think that took an hour. I think you're over... You're overstating your case here. How long it took. Well, it was fast. It was great. Yeah. Uh, highly what recommend you, the instant pot. What did you pot. marinate them in? Uh, Blagogi marinade. Uh, Blagogi marinade. Yeah. It was good. I was going to make a marinade. In fact, uh-huh. I bought some of the things to make a marinade. Uh-huh. And then I... One of the marinades I was looking at the recipe for had nine ingredients. That's and I lot. said to myself the fuck am i doing yeah this is a ridiculous thing to embark on yeah yeah so it was just like browsing around my worcestershire sauce uh-huh. and i saw a blagogi marinade and i was like oh i could just dump this on there yeah and i did yeah i thought, I thought it turned out great I did yeah you know i salted it beforehand obviously and seared it and right kids if you want to cook things under pressure it's a it's a hoot it's really fun. I really enjoy it. Um, is that all that's going on with us right now? I think so. Yeah. You were on set all last week. I was on set again. Very long days. I barely saw you. I don't like... I don't know how crew people do it. Like how our crew does it every fucking week. Don't they have a week off? They do every three weeks. Yeah. But, which I suppose would be... Nice, and if I had that, if I was staring down the barrel at that, I'd be like, "Cool." Yeah, because like then at least that kind of gets you through because you know that yeah. you have a week coming up that you can catch up on all your shit. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it's been great. It should be a couple of fun episodes of the Goldbergs, and yeah, tomorrow I'm gonna go to set again because uh, they're shooting a scene from. Uh, the episode with uh, me and my partner's names on it. So when is that going to air? Who knows? Oh, okay. April something. Well, we should let everyone know when it's going to. Yeah, air. sure. Watch it, kids. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Should we talk about some email? Yeah. Because we have that. a lot of stuff to catch up. We on. do have a lot of stuff. Um. Before we get to the emails, there's 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 a thing I want to plug. Oh, um, one of my coworkers, Lara, she, she does a lot of posts about endometriosis, um, like lady part things. And she, and another one of my coworkers made these like really cool enamel pins to raise money and raise awareness for endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And you can buy them on Etsy in the young old lady shop, young old lady shop. Yeah. They're really cool. I dug them and I, you know, I know there's a lot of, uh, correlation between endometriosis and infertility. I know we have a lot of listeners with endometriosis. So, so if you'd like an enamel pin to pop on your denim jacket, yep. Just head over to the young old lady shop. There you go. Yep. Um, okay. So our first two emails, I kind of see them as companion emails. Okay. And I, I would like to read both of them Mm -hmm. and then I think we should address both of them okay okay that's that's what we're doing all right all right so here's the first one hi jory and matt i'm sitting here in hysterics listening to episode 18 the one where Bo is obsessed with his squeaky toy oh 
the more things change. Mm. My own dog, Zeke, uh, is so intrigued by the squeakiness and keeps doing that cute head tilt that any dog owner, dog lover knows is the cutest thing ever witnessed. I actually keep rewinding to the squeaky parts because of the joy I get watching my dog's reaction. That's really funny. Anyways, I was born and lived in Lowell, Massachusetts. Love all the Mill City references, Matt, and currently live in a town nearby with my husband. I found your podcast because I have an account to participate in and follow in the infertility community on Instagram, which I find much support and camaraderie in. Mm. One of the girls I follow posted about your podcast, so I thought I'd check it out and have been trying to catch up. As for my infertility story, I'm 29, my husband is 32, my eggs are plentiful yet immature, picos, and my husband's sperm is dumb like Matt's, uh-huh. poor motility and morphology. We have been trying to conceive since December 2015 and started seeing an RE in November 2016. Our RE recommends proceeding straight to IVF with ICSI. However, our insurance is making us try six medicated IUIs before they oh, will cover IVF. That's very common, by the way. Ugh. We are extremely lucky to live in Massachusetts where infertility coverage is mandatory for employee plans to include. However, as we are finding out, they do not make it easy to use and be approved. Mm-hmm. We will be starting our first IUI in a few weeks and are trying to remain hopeful, but I can't help feeling that these six IUI cycles are just killing time before IVF is covered. Anyways, I do have a question. You guys mentioned how you do not feel jealousy or any negative feelings towards your friends who have an easy time getting pregnant. I have a friend who got pregnant the first time trying and who recently told me about the pregnancy. She told me over the phone and I had a visceral reaction of becoming ill immediately when I heard the news. I'm trying so, so hard to be supportive as I'm truly happy that she and her husband do not have to suffer with infertility. However, I can't help but feel the unfairness of life and feel like they didn't need to work at all to get their baby. I feel ashamed to think this way and I'm embarrassed to admit it. I do text her at least once weekly to see how she is feeling And she knows about my journey and checks in with me as well. She has been supportive and has verbalized that the situation must be hard for me. It is, and I don't know how to make it better. I find myself avoiding outings or situations where I will see her because I don't want to see her bump growing. I feel as though I need to protect my heart, but also feel guilty for not being as supportive or as excited as I should be about my good friend's pregnancy. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom for me? to help me deal with this unavoidable part of living day-to-day life as an infertile person in a fertile world. Also, I have a Goldberg's question. Uh, this is not related to the next email, but I'm going to read it anyway. Oh, okay. I love that Erica and Jeff are finally happening. Uh-huh. I read that Adam did not have a sister in real life, and I'm wondering about the decision to turn Adam's second brother into a sister for the show. I do love Erica's character being a girl myself. I can relate to some of the fashion and themes that her character carries. I think I just answered my own question. For the show to be more appealing to females who grew up in the 80s, is there another reason that you're aware of? My husband loves the show and all the references, especially the Ninja Turtles wastebasket that was in Adam's room in a recent episode. My husband had the same one. all giddy when he saw it on the show. He actually paused the TV, took uh, a photo, and sent it to his two brothers. I wrote that, that he throws it in. He has a Muppet wastebasket and then he's trying to like grow up and be an adult uh-huh. and I had pitched that he takes his Muppets tiny wastebasket throws it into his Muppets wastebasket and then he looks at the wastebasket and goes even this is for children and then throws it into a larger Ninja Turtles wastebasket <laughs> oh my god that's so funny that's funny that you mentioned that yeah. that wastebasket was gonna show up again but we cut it out um, Erica being Erica I think honestly, I, I don't know. Actually, I just always assumed that it was just a smart decision to put a girl in there because, you know, 
it's more than half the population. But also, I think there have been a lot of shows with three sons. Oh, My three sons, for instance, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, I think, was three boys. Oh. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of precedent for a three son show. So they want to mix it up a little. So throwing it in, and thankfully we have gotten a lot of mileage out of Erica. Yeah, and Haley's great. Um, all right. Anyways, this email is basically a book, so I apologize. I'm rooting for you guys, and we'll be listening, Chrissy. So that is email number one. Yeah. Email number two is from Madison. And she says, hi, Dory and Matt. Love the podcast. I started listening because I have several friends who are going through IVF, and it's great to be able to hear about the process through you so I can have a better understanding of what they're going through without bugging them for details. On that note, my friend, let's call her Daphne, who is about to start IVF, is really, really struggling. She has always wanted children and had no reason to think she would have any issues getting pregnant. So now that she's been told IVF is really her only option, She's having a hard time coping with the fact that she has to spend so much money and extra effort to get pregnant than the rest of many of her peers. Our group of friends is trying to do everything we can to be supportive of Daphne. Her husband posted several articles outlining the best ways to support those dealing with infertility, and we have been following the suggestions in those articles. Daphne has not been attending any baby showers or even gatherings where a baby might be present, and we have all been completely understanding of that. Where things are getting a little tense, however is that Daphne is having particularly hostile feelings towards our other friend. Let's call her Maris. <laughs> I think these are Frasier references. I don't know if you're getting them. Oh. You're not. It's okay. Do you think she's just describing the plot of Frasier? She's not, but oh, okay. continue. Because that would be funny. Yeah. Um, Maris got pregnant during a one-night stand and chose to keep the baby. Uh-huh. Daphne cannot handle the fact that Maris was in no way trying to get pregnant. She was even on birth control, and yet here she is, just having given birth to her baby boy. Daphne has to ensure Maris will not be at any social gathering first before she agrees to attend. Yikes. At this point, Daphne has avoided seeing or speaking to Maris for almost a year, which is very crazy, as we were all very close to each other. Maris does not quite know the extent to which Daphne has hostile feelings towards just her, and the rest of us are trying to keep it that way. Of course, Maris didn't get pregnant to spite Daphne, but Daphne has started saying some pretty mean and cruel things about Maris behind her back. Jesus. As friends to both women, our close-knit group of friends is at a loss for how to best handle this situation. We are all sympathetic to what Daphne is going through, but we also don't want Maris to feel like she needs to feel guilty for getting pregnant. Daphne seems to have extreme resentment for anyone we know who got pregnant easily. She is becoming increasingly isolated from her friends as she sits out more and more group activities. Side note, our group of friends is not one where everyone is a parent. About half of us have kids, so it's not like every time we all hang out, it's just a kid festival. Do you guys have any tips on how to negotiate this tricky situation? We don't want Daphne to never be able to hang out with us, yet are we supposed to not invite Maris and her son to things so Daphne can feel comfortable? That doesn't seem fair to Maris. Arg. This all might sound so petty, but we're really just trying to keep my friends happy and sane when one is struggling with infertility... And the other is struggling with being a new and essentially single mom. Anyway, I'm hopeful that your egg retrieval goes well this week. We are all rooting for you guys. Thanks, Madison. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about this yep. particular problem yep. that a lot of people have. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's not... I equate it to the feeling that I get when I read about or walk by someone who has just hit a jackpot on a slot machine okay. that I had been playing for a long time. Uh-huh. 
and wanted to win. Uh-huh. Uh, to which I don't, I don't get mad at that. I just go, eh, good for them. It's all chance. And I think that's for a pregnancy too. It's like if you're struggling from with money and you know someone who hits the lottery, you can't get mad at them for hitting the lottery. Yeah. You know? I do. That's the closest thing in my head I've been able to equate it to. I was having a conversation at the dog park today about someone who has a friend who, like, got pregnant twice, like, super easily. And then the friend said to the person just conversationally, it's like, it's like he looks at me and I get pregnant. And it was, you know, it's tough when you think about the struggles other people have to go through. Yeah. So it's a common feeling. Yeah. Um... Those are my thoughts currently. What what are you thinking? So, I think I'm a little. I, I I think I'm a little more sympathetic to the person who gets upset or resentful at her friends. You are. Yeah, I am. And I'll tell you something else. This email from Madison is really from you. Yes, oh even God. though I didn't know enough to <laughs> name them Daphne and Maris. I was wondering why you started laughing. I was like, why is this funny? And then you pointed out why yeah. it was funny. Um, because, so uh, so this email starts with that she wants, her the group of friends is trying to do everything we can to be supportive of Daphne. This whole group of friends thing. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. <laughs> Wait, what? You don't like groups of friends? I think groups of friends are fine. Uh-huh. But this whole attitude of like, we only hang out in a group. We all have to hang out together. Like, what is wrong with hanging out with people one-on-one? Why does it all have to be in this group? Like, I think it's because, and I'll. this is my supposition, time is... N- Time is not plentiful, probably, in these people's lives. Sure. Uh, so they'd like ample opportunity to see everybody. Yes. So it's I get like that. I'm not going to burn a hangout just on Daphne when I could hang out with Daphne and Maris if I just invited both of them. I, I get that, but that's sort of like I don't know. That as someone who is not super group oriented, mm-hmm. that kind of like i don't know that kind of rubbed me the wrong way this is dory's way of telling you guys that she'd like to be in your friend group yeah i'm coming over (laughs) um the other thing about this is my my thought is you either have to be a hundred percent supportive of daphne or not and what i mean by that is you are not going to like Daphne is going to feel what she wants to feel. And if she feels resentful and upset and angry at Maris, you're not going to change that. And I don't think you should like, that's just how she feels and it sucks, but like infertility sucks too. And, and, and you don't really know what she's going through. And so I think if you if you really want to be a good friend to Daphne, you will give her this space. Maybe you will just hang out with her one-on-one 
no, none of these group activities that seem to upset her. And, you know, if and when she does get pregnant and have a kid, you will accept her back in the group without making her feel bad that she had these feelings before. That is my feeling. Okay. What about the previous email? So the previous email about being, uh, I think, uh, what, wait, what was her name again? Chrissy? Chrissy. Um, I think you should be upfront with your friend. Your friend sounds pretty supportive and sounds like she wants to be supportive to you. And I think you have to think about yourself. Like, don't worry about not being as supportive or as excited. Like you have to do you. That is my, that is my sense for all of us who are going through this IVF stuff. You think about yourself first. That is where I'm, that's what I'm, where I'm going with this. Mm. If you need to set boundaries, set those boundaries. The, the only person you need to be thinking about right now is yourself. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sorry, but if your friend feels bad, like that sucks, but you need to think about yourself. Mm. You're laying it down, honey. I, I just, I just feel this way. I feel this way. I, like I understand. IVF is so stressful that I, I know. Like you can't expend that mental energy and women are so conditioned to want to be supportive and helpful and I get that and like I feel that too. But sometimes you just have to shut it down and you have to be like I am sorry, I cannot deal with this right now. It's too much. Like sometimes it's it's just too much. But Okay. We'll call this episode is just too much. I think it's just like slot machines. Uh, I I agree that it was a flawed analogy. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Just like you got to just do you. Mm, that's true. When it comes down to it, you're putting your body through so much. Mm. Well, and so, so what? Was, what the friends? I just, I just wish they could work it out. I know, I do too. I do too. But like, I like, I, I, I empathize. I really do with both sides. Mm-hmm. But I think I empathize a little bit more with the IVF side, just because that's where I'm at. And Have I'm you not, felt that? I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, Have you been feeling it? No, I've talked about this. We talked about this briefly on the podcast a few weeks ago. There was one time where I was just like, I can't. Um, It was the weekend after I found out that the transfer had failed. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to hang out with my friend and her like nine month old son and another friend. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I just, I I can't Mm. do this today. Another day, I will be able to do this, but not today. Maybe you should have gone to Vegas and tried to hit a slot machine jackpot. It, the thought did not occur to me at the time. Oh, okay. But now that you mention it, sure. You know, maybe. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Um, I'm going to play a voicemail. Okay. All right. Uh, the voicemail might not be turned up, so let me just, let me just slide over here. Okay. I'm going to put this up to about four, and you're going to hit play. Okay, ready? Yeah. Hi guys, my name is Kendra. Uh, I'm calling from New Hampshire and uh, I just listened to your episode six regarding um, the two week waiting period and the hell that it is. Uh, we've gone through this several times. One time we had, a couple times we've had negative, um, but the one time that we did, the first time we did a frozen embryo transfer, uh, I ended up peeing on a, on a stick the night before yeah. and came out positive oh, no. and I always said, that with a frozen embryo transfer, the chances of a false positive 
are uh, pretty unlikely. So it's it's the worst mm. waiting period. It's more stressful than the shots than every other part. But we pretty much did. We went bowling. Uh, we went for walks. Mm. We went and ate seafood. We went and walked down downtown Boston. Anything and everything to keep our mind off of it. And I'm really wishing you guys good luck and can't wait to finish hearing how your adventure goes. Have a great day. Uh, thank you. It's good. You know, it's good that we get emails about things from previous episodes because everybody listening to this is at a different stage in their yeah. cycles. Yeah. Um, I would be happy to walk around Boston. Why don't we do that? I would love to. Next two-week waiting period, we're moving to Boston. Okay. Are we eating seafood, though? Because you don't really like seafood. What are you talking about? I thought you don't like seafood. I don't like bullshit California seafood. Oh, okay. You'd eat, like, lobster rolls and fried clams with me? Fuck yeah, bro. Okay. Whole belly. Yeah. Duh. Whole belly. I'd go to... I go to Hooks. I'd get some lobster rolls. I'd go to the Clam Box and Ipswich. Then I go to Legal Seafoods, and I'm gonna go in there, and I'm you gonna say, "Could I get a Sam Adams, please, and a clam chowder?" I'm gonna say something controversial. What? I don't like Legal Seafoods. What about it? It's just not good. They sponsor this podcast. No, they don't. Hello well, Fresh sponsors. They it. never will now. Well, I wouldn't want them to sponsor it because I don't want anything on this podcast that I don't believe in. It's one of my joys in life, though. Is uh, Getting a bowl of clam chowder and a and a beer at Legal Seafood when yeah, I'm their when I'm when I'm, when I'm by myself in Boston. But the rest of their food is like uh, I can take it or leave it. Sometimes I get a fisherman's platter or fisherman's feast, whatever it's called, and it's just a pile of brown. Yeah, like and it's probably like thirty four dollars. No, oh, it's got to be more than that. Yeah, it's crazy. Their prices are insane. <laughs> okay, well um, I'm glad we covered that. Yep. Uh, I'm going to play one more voicemail right now. You know, you could save $35 off HelloFresh if you use the promo code EXCELLENT, which is almost enough to go buy a Fisherman's Feast at Legal Seafoods. But it's gross and brown. I know. You just you just said it was gross and brown. Well, it's just brown. It's just one color. Okay. All right. Hi, Matt and Dory. Uh, my name is Jessica, and I actually have a non-IVF-related question for you guys. I'm getting married this year in October in Las Vegas um, at the Flamingo. Nice. We're we having almost did that. our wedding reception at Maggiano's Little Italy. Nice. And for about 15, 20 people, I'm thinking 15. Oh, must be nice. Um, and I was just wondering if you guys had any like tips or tricks or anything you learned from being married in Vegas. And um, I'm kind of... Wondering if I should be planning, like, an activity for everybody or just let them do their own thing. I mean, it's Vegas, so Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody's just going to want to do their own thing and then come to their, our um, you know, wedding and reception and then set them loose. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, I thought maybe you would have some insight on that. The only things that we for sure are going to do are uh, hopefully Penn and Teller. I haven't. Nice. any shows booked that far out That's yet. at the Rio. And eat at Gordon Ramsay for the Beef Wellington. Yeah, I'm very excited it. about it. Get it, girl. And I know Matt has talked about it a lot on various podcasts. I think so about it all the time. hopefully it's as good as I've heard. Oh, it is. Um, I wish the yeah, knives were serrated. Um, that's what I'm I will say hoping and wishing and sending good vibes for all the best for you two. And thank you for any advice. And I love, we, the show is great. I am so glad you're doing it. So, yeah, thank you so much. Well, 
Um, I thought you'd like that one. I did like that one. We, by the way, we didn't almost get married at the Flamingo. We almost got married at the Tropicana. The Flamingo is not the Tropicana. Why do I think of them as the same thing? Because they kind of have the same old Vegasy vibe. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's good. If you're at the Trop, then... No, they're at the Flamingo. I mean, if you're at the Flamingo, then you're closer to everything else. The oh, Trop's kind of further. Of the trop. Yeah, the Trop's no, further the away. No, Flamingo's right in the middle of all the action. It's in the center. It's in the hot of the, of and the strip. And it was just renovated. Yeah, I stayed there last year at CES uh, for an exorbitant amount of money. <laughs> also, you know, they opened an In-N-Out in that little area by the link. That is connected to the flamingo. You know what I'm talking about? That outdoor where the fish and Gordon Ramsay fish and chips thing is. Yeah. That little area is turning. It's really a hubbub. Cool. You know, I might stay at the link when I'm going out in a couple of weeks, and I might stay at the link because it's dead center. It's dead center. And it was like eight. It's eighty five dollars for the night I want to go. Um, but advice for you, I the I wish that we had had a more organized thing for after the wedding, mm. post reception. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say this because we did it at the Venetian, everybody went to the, with the whiskey lounge, which is gone now it's being turned into something else, but that was right next to the casino floor. So it was a really fun time of like going and hanging out with my friends, sliding out and playing blackjack with other friends. Like we yeah. really, cause we had a ton of people there. Yeah. And almost everyone was staying at the Venetian. Yeah. Which was really fun. That's one thing I would suggest is make sure they all stay at the yeah, Flamingo. Make sure everyone stays in the same place. That's just like, if not at the Flamingo, then at the link, one of the places next to the Flamingo. Yeah. Don't, there, there were a couple people who stayed like way down Joe, the strip. Joe stayed at the Flamingo. One of my, my one of my oh, yeah. one of my two best men stayed at the Flamingo. That's right. Like um, a crazy person. But in terms of planning activities, I don't think you really need to plan that many activities. No, that's the beauty of it. Um, you can sort of not worry about everyone being occupied. And the Flamingo also has like a Flamingo, uh, like an actual Flamingo habitat there's a situation there there's yeah. a there's some birds you can take pictures yeah. with uh also gordon ramsay fish and chips is right there yeah. uh how would i describe it i think it's i think it's good fish and chips it's very for considering you're in the middle of the desert it's fucking phenomenal fish and chips <laughs> uh but uh yeah i don't i mean i don't have really any knocks it's it was a good it was a good like stop gap for between meals um matt is not into ferris wheels but if you're into ferris wheels that ferris wheel at the link is right there too yeah no i, I don't care for a ferris wheel no. i don't care if there's an open bar in the cabin um we did on our website we had like suggestions of places for people to like get breakfast or other meals that weren't yeah. part of the wedding. So mm-hmm. I don't know like when people are getting there, but um you could do you could do that. But it sounds like you have a small wedding. And so. you also can't you can't really go wrong with Vegas food. Yeah. Yeah, there's I, I, I can't even think of like a bad meal I've had there. Well, there are bad meals there. We just avoid the bad restaurants. Yeah, but I'm like trying to think of like a bad meal I've had in Las Vegas. Hmm. Huh. I don't, I don't have it. Oh, we had a bad meal at, um, what was that place called? Daniel Balud, remember? The service was like... Oh, well, that the food wasn't bad. No, the food was the not bad. The service was atrocious. The service was halluscious. It was bad. And then where was that place that... Didn't we meet your 
we we went up with your siblings, and then we met Karen and Steve at a restaurant. Oh, in the Venetian. Mm-hmm. Was it in the Venetian? No, it was in the Aria for brunch. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I can't remember the name of it. One of the waiters was a fan of my work. Oh, remember? Vaguely. That was a good time. <laughs> a lot of people. I, th- I get. You do get recognized most in Vegas. recognized yeah. in Las Vegas. I think it's because everyone's looking for me there. <laughs> I also think it's like it's a place where people come from all over. Yeah, yeah. So, Disneyland too is big for me. Yeah, so you're kind of getting like a cross section. Um, we did get an interesting email this week that maybe you want to read. Sure. Uh, anonymous embryologist. That's how she, as she has to be referred. That's what I like to see is people really taking advantage of. First of all, anonymous embryologist. We got to talk about your font choice. <laughs> You're using a Times New Roman in here. No, I thought it looked like a courier. It might be a courier. Uh, hang on. I'm looking at the font. It's a courier. Yep. Nailed it. Way to go, honey. Thank you. I know my fonts. Hi, Matt and Dory. I just discovered your podcast about a week ago and have wanted to email since the first episode, but wanted to be caught up to your story. So I powered through all 19 episodes. (laughs) Jesus. That is a lot of hours. I may be the only listener other than the duck lady who didn't find you through one of Matt's other pods. Wow, I've had to use kind of boring, but it happened because I finally updated the operating system on my iPhone, and now the health category doesn't break down into subcategories anymore, so I only previously listened to fitness and nutrition ones. That's so funny. <laughs> I never found <laughs> <I never laughs> <after> you. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. That made me laugh. reason it caught my eye, however, was a professional interest. I am an embryologist in an IVF clinic. In fact, I listened to episode 17 and 19 while performing ICSI. <laughs> That's my jam. That is so cool. Only times I've ever listened to a podcast at work. I thought it might be interesting to see what the patient experiences. Well, Do you let me tell water? you. No, because it's like a yawn and then a hiccup and then I'm like, okay. it's a weird thing. I coughed a bit. I cringed uh, uh, at... I cringe a little at opinions that you and some of your guests slash listeners have of their IVF providers. So I'd like to try, without sounding too defensive, to give a little perspective from the other side of the IVF equation. Hope it's helpful and not just annoying. First, I promise you that good doctors are not only in California or the other coast. Have we said that? We might have said that. I mean, if she's responding directly to that. Or maybe it just sounds like that because we only know people in New York and Los Angeles. (laughs) Uh, Someone asked about how you can know how good a clinic is. There is a place to compare successes. The Society for Assisted Reproductive Technology has a website, sart.org. There's a find a clinic function for the patients that gives them the most recent statistics for every SART registered clinic. Uh, in the country. SART prohibits clinics from using their statistics for advertising purposes, by the way, but still happens all the time. (laughs) Uh, I work in a very small volume clinic, so you could be right about centers who see thousands of patients a year, but we really do care about the successes or failures of our patients. We have one doctor, and I'm the only embryologist. 
That's very small. That is really small. And parenthetically, they say, did I mention we are small? (laughs) And every patient sees the doctor at almost every visit, get daily phone calls from him between the retrieval and the transfer, and he also personally calls with the pregnancy results. That's really cool. We all get sad when the results are negative and celebrate the positives, I swear. Anyway, I love your podcast. I've gotten way behind on all other podcasts this week, but looking forward to episode 20. I hope it is all good news. And as I turn the page on this email, I look for the courier font. Well, I stapled it this week, so we would... Yeah, she really did. Makes it... Uh, make it easier to know what page you're on. Interesting. Uh, I had a lot... to be a better producer. <laughs> I had a lot more I was going to say, but it's getting long. So if you have any questions for me, please feel free to email me back. Call me Anonymous Embryologist. P.S. I'm in love with Bo. My all-time best dog ever was one we also thought had Ridgeback in him was represented as a boxer mix by the puppy rescue. But after DNA testing, he turned out to be Rottweiler Lab and Bulldog Pitbull. Oh. That's what Bo is. Well, he doesn't have Lab in him. Oh, that's He has no retriever in him, which makes sense because he does not fetch. No, he he refuses to retrieve. Yeah. Thank you, anonymous embryologist, for you that know, email. I, I don't know if it would be too untoward, but I think if people have questions for the anonymous embryologist, they can send them to us, and maybe we could pass them along. <laughs> I mean, she did say that she was willing to answer questions. Where are you getting that she's a she? Um, I know she's a she. Sorry, I guess she's not that anonymous. Oh, my God. My <laughs> wife is not good at being a journalist. <laughs> Sorry. My journalist wife. <laughs> My wife. Uh, this is from Andrew. Hi, Matt and Dory. First off, I want to say I love the chemistry between you two. The back and forth banter always has me laughing. It, remind me a lot. it reminds me a lot of my wife and I. Then I apologize, sir. Wah, wah. Like many of your listeners, I found the podcast through one of Matt's other shows, specifically Nerdist. I remember him talking about it months ago uh, when the idea of a podcast chronicling your journey first arose. I just got around to looking it up last week and just caught up to the most recent, episode 17. Also, like other listeners, my wife and I have never been through IVF, but know people who have and the struggles they've faced. I've recommended the podcast to them and hopefully they listen and get something out of it. I would love for our doctor to listen, honest to God. Our current doctor or our old doctor? Both. Uh, now the reason for the email. In a previous episode, you had a listener question asking about how you thought Bo would be with your future child. I have a six-year-old uh, Press Canaro Beta that sounds a lot like Bo behaviorally. She was very interested, but also very wary of our son when we brought him home just over a year ago. At first, she didn't like him being too close to her unless she initiated it. She also uh, she also leave the room whenever he started screaming. Now that he's a year old and crawling and is starting to walk, she's warmed up to him a lot. She brings him toys to try uh, to play and is very gentle when playing with him. My point is, if at first Bo is a little standoffish, give it time and don't force the issue too hard. One thing we did before he came home was being bring home the blanket we had been swaddling him in the hospital. That way, when we brought him home, it wasn't a brand new smell for Beta. Anyway, I wish you both luck 
in the world in your upcoming cycle. And I'll keep my fingers crossed that this one will have positive results. Hmm. Bo, I'm going to swaddle you and then bring that blanket to the baby. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I, I would swaddle Bo. Bo would look really cute swaddled. Uh huh. He sure would. With his big head. That's the beauty of Bo. Yeah. He Honey. Looks cute doing pretty much anything. Yes. Do we have a, do we have a voicemail? Uh, we do. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Tim calling from Seattle. Um, my husband and I are long, um, time Nerdist fans. So, hi, Matt. Hi. And now, obviously, of this podcast. Um, I just wanted to ask, and then I'll get your opinion, um, if you two have met sooner in life, um, would you have, obviously, well, I'm pretty sure you would have, but would you have tried have, um, having a baby sooner? Um, the reason why I ask is, so my husband and I are both um, turning 30, um, we have really stable jobs, um, and we are have been discussing, you know, having a child, but my husband keeps coming back to, well, it's not the perfect time. Um, we need to wait for, like, the perfect time, um, mainly just to be, like, really financially stable, which, like, to him, that's, like, zero debt, zero anything, like, anything, which I find, like, that not to be really realistic nowadays. Um and everyone just keeps on saying, you know, there's never a perfect time. Um, you know, you just do it. You figure it out. And I remember you guys saying that. Um, so would, what advice would you give us? Um, because I'm just kind of on the fence of, you know, waiting, especially just hearing, you know, the struggle of, you know, getting, you know, getting older and the chances of us having children um, becoming a little bit more um, tough. And I... No, Matt said that he thought he had a hard time. He knew he was going to have a hard time or he thought, you know, there's something wrong with him. I kind of get that feeling, you know, deep down, um, I'm going to have a hard time trying to have a baby. So Mm. it's just been something that we've been kind of battling with. Um, So I just wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, we're 30, we're stable. If you guys were in our position um, and we've been married for four years, would you guys start um, wanting to try to have a baby if you're in our position. Um, yeah, so I just really love your thoughts. Um, I love the show. Keep the good work. You guys are both amazing. Thank you. Um, trying naturally? Sure. Uh, but, I mean, in my head, flashing in my head the whole time she was talking was freeze your eggs, <laughs> freeze your eggs, <laughs> freeze your eggs. If you can afford it, freeze your eggs then you don't have to think about it for a while yeah that's actually not terrible advice sperm 
uh, works well into men being 80 years old, like sperm will work. It's that's not going to be the clock you're racing. Yeah. The clock you're going to be racing is, is the eggs. Yeah. So my advice is if you can afford it, look into getting your eggs frozen. I mean, the other thing I would say, you know, you didn't say how much debt you're in or like you could really sit down with your husband and, and like put yourselves on a budget and say, we're going to be debt free in two years or something. And, you know, really give yourselves like a time frame um, if freezing your eggs is not financially feasible or you just don't want to do it. Um, and that might make you feel better too. If you have a more kind of like structure to it, you know, you're paying down your debt by X number of dollars every month. And you said you, you know, you said things are pretty stable, so maybe that's realistic. And then that would kind of, make your husband feel a little bit better about stuff. Um, cause I understand the impulse of just wanting to start trying cause you never know, um, whether you're going to have trouble or not. I mean, I know it probably seems like listening to this podcast that like everyone has trouble getting pregnant, but that is actually not true. You probably, like you might not have trouble getting pregnant, so you never know. Uh-huh. Agreed. You know, Agreed. Those are my thoughts on that. Those are also my thoughts. Dory and I share thoughts sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we don't. Yeah. Sometimes we have biohazard containers on the dining room table. Yeah, that's the Sharps container from some of the meds that were sent to me, but it's empty. There's oh. no biohazard in it. All right. But you know what? I actually was thinking about, I have a bunch of Sharps containers and I don't know where to dispose of them. Mm. I need to figure that out. That's interesting. Yeah. Can't you just put them in an alley and hope that people take them? Oh, is that what you do? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I have an email from Jake. Okay. Who says, greetings and salutations, man, Dory. Hello. I'm Jake from Mississippi. And now that you have a redneck stereotype in your heads, dear readers, do away with the image because I'm a 17-year-old weird nerdy emo teen. I was interested in your podcast after hearing Chris Hardwick reference it on The Nerdist. My mom, like Dory, is really big into literature and is also an English major. And my dad, much like Matt, is a guitar enthusiast. I love and respect my parents very much. But I have trouble connecting with their interests. I enjoy literature of all kinds. Unfortunately, I was born with the curse that is dyslexia. Well, your writing is phenomenal. Reading for long periods of time is not an enjoyable experience. As for my dad, I've played guitar before and there's no sugarcoating it. I suck. That's because <laughs> you're not practicing. Uh, though I don't relate to, uh, though I don't relate with my parents at the same level that they might like to, I do in my own ways. I also, uh, rather, I listen to podcasts so I can actually make conversation with my mother. And even though I suck at all other instruments, instruments i was told that it was the hardest instrument to play i am a violinist a violist rather that is a very difficult instrument to play it's also like the best sounding instrument yeah it's a cool instrument viola is the like i really like the the right tone yeah very rich tone i find violins to be uh aggressive they're a little shrill and i find cellos to be a little dull I like a cello. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, Baz, that was sort of my side commentary. Well, it's like violas are like the altos. 
violins are like the sopranos and no, cellos like are the, like the bass. No, they're tenor. You think violas are the tenor? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, uh, for the record, there are very few violinists in this, uh, violists rather. I'm going to say violinists because I just process words like that uh, in this world. But on the bright side, there is no shortage of groups vying for my attention. I've also recently been figuring out uh, figuring out a bout of mental illness and depression. Uh, it's terrifying to go from being enthusiastic about all things, uh, well, all things angsty science and viola to being an anxiety-ridden puddle of hair dye and sadness. <laughs> what a way to describe it. My question to you is how prepared do you feel uh, if your future child doesn't share your interests? What will you do to stay connected with your offspring? I also wanted to know what you would do if your child were to have special needs or, like myself, have learning disabilities. I'd also like to take Matt up on his offer for advice. With college on the horizon and more work than I can handle, I wanted to know if you have any listeners... Uh, you or any listeners had enlightening advice to help me meet an equally nerdy girl for me to woo with my copious amounts of teen angst. Thanks in advance. I wish you both the best of luck. And I know you'd be great parents. It's a lot to unpack there. Uh, what do we do if they don't share our interests? Well, I'd probably treat this child that shares none of my interests a lot like my wife who shares none of my interests, which means I'd love them and we'd get by. <laughs> Uh, what about you, honey? Um, I think I would find something that we could do together. Like podcasting is a thing now that we do together. Mm -hmm. And bow is a thing that we do together. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't have to share all of our interests. Bow is kind of a thing that we divide and conquer. Yeah, but like we both love him. It's mm -hmm. a thing like he's a thing that we share. I have no interest in learning to play guitar, even though I am left-handed and could theoretically play all of Matt's guitars. This is all true. Um, he refuses to learn. I don't refuse to learn. I'm okay with it though. I just, I, I feel like you don't really have patience to teach me and I don't have to, you can go take lessons. Right. I don't really feel like taking lessons. I play piano. Do you know how sad I would be the day that you were better than me? I would never be better. I than would you. just be like, Ugh, "What have I done?" You're very good at guitar. I'm okay at guitar. You're very good. No, uh, sweet of you to say. Uh, <clears throat> what will you do to stay connected with the offspring? Again, find something we like to do together. I I'll think I, I, I think I want to say that I would like let the offspring take the lead on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like if if they were into something, I would try to kind of get myself into it what would we do if our child had special needs or interests or special needs or, or learning disability try to support them yeah however we needed to we'd talk to some experts figure out what the hell we're supposed to do and yeah. then do it yeah uh and then if you finding a nerdy girl um i feel like it's so much easier for nerdy people to find each other yeah with the internet go to go to comic-con um, what about Tumblr? Isn't that where everyone finds each other? I think that kids aren't on Tumblr anymore. Really? I thought emo kids were on Tumblr. I don't know. Are you on Tumblr? Write us back. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, Comic-Con's a good idea. Comic-Con's a great place to meet people. But he's in Mississippi. He might not be able to get to Comic-Con. There are comic conventions in Mississippi. There are? Yeah, of course there are. Okay. There I are conventions that. everywhere. Uh, hang around Reddit, you know? Oh, that's a depressing thought. Yeah. I hang around Reddit. That's a depressing thought. It's true. Sometimes I comment on things. What? My username is Matt Myra. Reader, <laughs> I married him. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 our that's that's our advice. What what? However helpful that might be, Jake, I don't know. Rachel asks a question. Yes, she says, "Hi, Dorian, Matt. Thank you so much for your podcast. I just found it, and I'm so grateful that I did. This is our first IVF cycle, and it's been a lot to deal with financially and emotionally. Our first frozen transfer on March first is on march 1st 2017 oh so it happened already. best of luck hope that is and went okay egg retrieval was on january 10th i like my re but i didn't have access to her as much as i would like just finished listening to episode six piano stick to get more information of what i can expect for the transfer we have six embryos that were PGS tested, and I was wondering what influenced your decision to transfer one embryo and not two. We have to decide how many embryos to transfer before Wednesday. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> and I really don't know what to decide. If we have twins, I will be happy but worried about the risks of twins with me and babies. You said in the first ep- episode that one PGS-tested normal embryo is a 70% chance of success. Did your doctor tell you that? Uh, any advice, information appreciated? Again, thank you so much for your podcast. That statistic sounds like something that I found on the internet. That statistic does not sound like anything I've heard recently. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, what was our... What was our- was our thought process in terms of transferring one versus two? I mean, I mean, I tried to get her to do two. No, but we like went back and forth. I know it. we went back and forth and we arrived at one being the answer to that. And I think for us, it just felt like the right choice. Yeah. It's also like, it's, you know, why, why put you and two babies at risk? Yeah. So. And to me, I mean, I know that if we had twins, we would like rise to the occasion, but the thought of having twins just feels so daunting and overwhelming that if I could avoid it, I think I would. But if it happened, I would obviously. It's making me tired thinking about it. Yeah. Like I'm getting like, I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, is that the last email we have time for? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to play one more voicemail or well, read one more email, we have a lot of donors this week. Well, then we should start to yeah, get to I that. Think we should hit that. And uh... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's a big week. Oh boy. Um, first thank of all, thank you everybody thank for you giving us so much. Even a dollar is appreciated. Yeah, it's like it's it's very it really like is heartwarming to see how many of you are supporting us and supporting the podcast and rooting for us. Like, you know, we read everything and it's like 
I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's helping me. <laughs> um, so we really appreciate it. Um, and if you want to donate, you can go to dorianmatt.com. There's a donate tab and you can donate via PayPal or Venmo. And if you donate, Dory will tell me your name and I will tell you all a little something about that person based only on their name. Okay. Sometimes I'm very close. Sometimes I'm way off. Now we have a lot of names this week, so we're going to have to keep I'm gonna it moving. I'm going to have to keep it moving. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. All right. Ready? Yes. Julia Hensley. Julia Hensley. I was really into you in high school, but you wouldn't give me the time of day, Julia. Christine Brenner. Christine Brenner. You also sound like someone I was really into in high school. <laughs> okay. You can only use that twice. Okay. But I'm just saying Christine Brenner sounds like she probably was a cheerleader uh but like one of those straight a cheerleaders oh. not one of the dum-dums yeah yeah lucy mulgrew lucy mulgrew lucy i think that you recently partnered to open a restaurant that sells or specializes in uh rustic chicken Oh, that sounds delicious. Tatiana Martinez. Tatiana Martinez. You went to a lot of Blink-182 shows. Oh, I kind of wish I had gone to a Blink-182 show. <laughs> Lindsay Connor. Lindsay Connor. You didn't break up with your high school boyfriend when you went to college, but you wish you did. Would have made things easier. Christine Huang. Christine Huang. I think you were probably really into My Little Pony. Like old school My Little Pony. Mm. And this new breed of My Little Pony people, you're like, what the fuck is happening? The bronies. The bronies. Yeah. Et cetera. Uh, Wendy Gray. Wendy Gray. Your favorite book is Catch-22. Christine Zamora. Christine Zamora. That's the third Christine this week. A lot of Christines. Yeah. Christine, you were born in 1981. And uh, you had dreams of one day uh, being the Lion King on Broadway. But it didn't work out. Um, Aaron Elliott, and I should say that she specified that the money was for progesterone shots in your bum. <laughs> what was her name? Aaron Elliott. Aaron or Aaron? Aaron. E R I N. A woman. Aaron. 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 There's Aaron and there's Aaron. Okay. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron, you. Uh, you love skiing. You can't get enough of it. You are excited when fresh powder hits the slopes. I don't care for skiing personally. Kate Lewin. Kate Lewin. You hope to one day visit your extended family in Ireland. <laughs> Brooke McIntyre. Brooke's already been to visit her extended family in Ireland. I think that's a Scottish name. McIntyre. <gasps> what? I think so. How's it spelled? Or maybe not. M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E. Uh, 
No. No. I think Irish? that's the Irish name. All right. Carrie Rockle. Carrie Rockle. Carrie, you were born in 1977. That's the year I was born. And you were devastated when the guy from NXS died. Kelly Massey. <laughs> Kelly Massey. Uh, Kelly, you probably got your first job at a retail store and called in sick a lot when you weren't actually sick. <gasps> Lindsay McCaig. Lindsay McCaig. Lindsay, you're from New England, and you and your girlfriends used to go to a local bar called Cobblestones and would get crunked. Scott Martin. Someone made a donation in his name, I should say. Someone made a donation in Scott Martin's name? They well, said they wanted to know what the Scott Martin does. Well, I'll tell you what Scott <laughs> Martin does. Uh, it's good that you sent this because I've been meaning to talk about Scott Martin for a while oh, now. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you have never beaten a video game in your entire life. Ooh. You have tried so many times, but you just don't have the patience for it. Ooh. And you're afraid to tell other people that this is the case. Oh. You're hoping to order a Nintendo Switch and and finally beat a game with this new Zelda game. I was going to say, maybe Zelda will be the one. But you ordered it too late, and uh, they're out. Okay. And I'm sorry. All right. Uh, Candace Kaywood. Candace Kaywood. What does Candace do? Candace Kaywood. Candace, you... Adopted far too many Cabbage Patch children. Alec Stevenson. Alec Stevenson. Alec, you work in middle management in an office. And, you know, sometimes that cubicle life is getting to you. And you are thinking, should I finally make the leap and be a singer? Oh. The answer is no. Oh, Okay. Flo Schumacher. It's short for Florence. Florence Schumacher. That's a good name. Uh, I just think of, I just, all I can think of is Ferrari racing. Um, Flo Schumacher. You're from Oregon and you've never pumped your own gas. Brianna Campbell, who who wanted us to know that she has started saying bananas and bonkers due to this podcast. <laughs> well, we say both of those things. We do. Uh, sorry, what was her name again? Uh, Brianna Campbell. Oh, Brianna Campbell. You were the fucking bee's knees. You were just, you had the world handed to you on a silver platter. And then you left high school. Oh. And the real world came at you a little fast. But then you met your gorgeous lawyer husband. And now you guys spend three weeks a year in the south of France. That's nice. What a life. Rachel Dillon Snyder. 
Rachel Dylan Snyder. Is that one last name? Yes. Or is it Rachel Dylan? It, it was presented as Dylan Snyder. Rachel Dylan Snyder. You loved the Mindy Project, but didn't follow it over to Hulu. No. Myoni Phoenix. Myoni Phoenix. Wow. You went to Charles Xavier's School for the Gifted to hone your mutant powers. Obviously. Brian Cross. Brian Cross. Brian dreams of one day doing an open mic. But he just hasn't worked up the courage. Laura McGee. Laura McGee. That is that is the name. The last name McGee is the name I assign to anybody who's doing a thing. Their first name is that thing they're doing, and their last name is McGee. Uh, so, Laura, you, your favorite movie of all time is Death Becomes Her. Oh, great movie. That's Laura's favorite movie. We should watch it together. Well, all right, Laura McGee. Uh, and our last donor is Caitlin Spiller. Caitlin Spiller. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, you... The year that Old Navy launched its performance fleece line was the best year of your life. It's a good performance fleece. I mean, come on. You had so many vests. Who are you kidding? Um, thank you to all of our donors. Thank you, Matt, for... Seriously, thank you to all of our donors. Yeah, it really means uh, I might have to pre-write a line for everybody because I want to give everyone a little something and i feel like yeah that could by also, name 25 i that could also be tighter it falls out yeah no i agree yeah i mean we could re-record it no we're not gonna re-record it you're gonna listen to me struggle oh okay that's what america wants um hey you guys can call us at 413-461-BABY that's true and leave us a voicemail yep you can do that you can email us do that at dory and matt at gmail or matt and dory at gmail uh-huh uh, you can join our Facebook group, which is really hopping these days. It is. It's a it's a cavalcade of stars. Um, which is just Excellent Adventure on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. And again, you can go to dorymat.com, click on donate, and uh, Matt will make something up for you. Yeah. Or maybe he will nail it. <laughs> Someday. I hope to. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, that's uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, oh, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. Please you, do. If you would. Uh, we appreciate your reviews. We really do. Dory got a review taken down. I did. Someone left a really unnecessarily cruel comment that said that we should just, that was basically like they should just adopt and shut up or something like that. And I was like... You know, which is not really a review it's of the not content. A review of the podcast. Whereas that woman who liked that podcast had to be a bitch. She left a review of the content. Exactly. So, so that's still there. I did not. Pro- I did not protest that one. But that one. But this one, I was like, you know what? This is not cool. So I reported it. Mm-hmm. And that now you all know that I read all of the reviews. Oh God. The re- most of them are really nice. I don't read any of them. I know. So. So yeah. all of you complaining about Matt, you can keep complaining about him. Yeah, go ahead. I'm never going to read it. Uh, uh, that's it, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Have an excellent week.
We'll be it's a on, new thing I just started. That's good. We'll be on tenter hooks all week waiting for our embryos. What is tenter hooks? It's like you're you're anxious. I've never heard that in really? my life. Look it up in your book, you'll see it. Oh boy. Oh, there there we go. Oh boy. I was waiting for that. Sam Beckett has just leaped into me. <laughs> Bye. I'm gonna end this episode with the quantum leap theme. Okay. That's what's happening right now. All right. Work for myself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>